Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. by Dakota Danielle, her latest single that just came out this past week. She is one of our reigning favorites. I don't know if we want to say that, but <laughs> we do love her. No, we love Dakota. We yeah. do. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you guys doing? Hello. Hello. Um, uh, Carl and Greg. Car- yeah. <laughs> That's what you always say. <laughs> Whatever. Hello, I, Carl I, and know, Greg. I, I don't even know. I'm, I'm, I'm so cooped up now with the snow even more. I feel like I live in, a, I live in an igloo. How much snow did you get? Pretty. I'm up here in New York City. It's pretty intense. You got a foot and a half. Yeah. So, and, and you look outside. Now they've they've done the streets, but it was like a winter wonderland. They don't care, and I didn't go out. So I feel like I'm in. A, I live in a box. Yeah. I've been in a box. You live in a snow so, globe. Yeah, we got a right. we got a quarter inch here. Nashville got dusted. Murfreesboro Dust. got dusted. Yeah, we got dusted. <laughs> so getting to that song with um with Dakota, I like Dakota. You know, I, you know, I think why she did that new song. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, speaking of snow globes, Nicole, I've got a bone to pick yeah. with you. I was Christmas shopping, mm-hmm. and I knew that you were looking for a snow globe. 
this has been now two months ago, but I texted you a picture. I texted you a picture from a department store with about 15 snow globes. Wait and a second. You didn't Hold even, on. you didn't even respond. That makes sense now. Um, I didn't get the picture. All I got was a text like from you that said Dillard's. So I thought you were texting someone else. <laughs> so I didn't respond. <laughs> if you would have sent the picture, I would have actually responded, but I didn't get any. I just got Dillard's. Yeah. Dillard's had some badass snow globes this year. Uh, let me just say. Well, that'll be a place we'll look next year as we add to her collection. But Santa came up with a snow globe. Yeah, Santa did. Santa came up with a I'll mermaid. Continue just talking about the song. <laughs> I know. I just thought it just when she said snow globe, it just triggered me. Anyway, but you know, I like what she did here, Dakota. Most of her stuff has been very poignant and 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 kind of mid tempo to, to ballad yep. and she and she does that great. This is the first time I've heard her do an up tempo kind of rock and tune. And her voice—I never heard her voice like that. I never heard her voice like kind of kick like that. So uh, I, I see what she's doing. I think she's trying to like you know, just show how rounded she's stretching like she a little do, bit. Yeah, she can do. You know, she can like you know you know kick you know kick ass with the rest of them. You know, as opposed to just uh, sing the ballads. You know, so. I, I give her, I applaud her for that. Well, she's been coming around a while, you know, to the, you know, our, in, in our sphere. And, um, uh, I think she has a wonderful personality. I, I just think that, uh, she's very down to earth and she's, uh, very talented. And I think that will serve her well, uh, partic particularly at radio, you know, so radio is grueling R radio and the, these radio tours that people do. It is some grueling stuff. You know, the idea that you're going to, tour the country and you're going to go into radio stations and you're going to hawk what it is you do. It's been going on for 50 years uh, and they still do it old school and it, uh, it can be difficult and it can be grueling. You know, you have to have a really strong constitution as a, as a creative person to, you know, go on those radio tours and to, and to work these records. So, but I think she has the kind of, uh, She's got a, the kind of makeup and the kind of vibe to do it, right? She's a solid artist. Right. You know, she, she's a great voice, great writer, you know, good songs. Like, she, she's not like a... She's like like the not not fatty, like the, the yeah, next new fatty, fad, right? right. Yeah. So, so because of that, you know, people tend to look at the, the shiny object right. first, right. you know? Uh, so. I think, yeah, consistency, there's something to be said for that. And, and perseverance, of course, that might be one of your rules, you know. Uh-oh. Don't persevere. <laughs> Have no perseverance. <laughs> No, it's actually, it's not, not have no person. It's don't persevere. <laughs> don't persevere. <laughs> Some of your rules, I think, are funny and they make sense. And I've, I'm reminded of them on a weekly basis. I mean, just yesterday I said to someone, you know, we just ought to unplug this damn internet. And then I thought of Carl's rules, but. Uh, yeah, I'm, I almost kind of believe it. I think <laughs> we should get rid of the internet. It, it, and even though it makes, even though it makes my life so easy. It allows me to earn my living. But I think in the, in the grand scheme of humanity, I think it does more harm than good. I really believe that. I think it's, I don't know. That's my feeling. You know, you know what I think it is? I mean, I, I think it, it might be a little bit of magical thinking to think that we can solve problems by doing, by taking drastic measures. But by the same token, um, I think 
one of the issues that we have in, in this country, maybe everywhere, is the idea that we've got a couple generations of people that don't know how to sacrifice. And I don't mean to be political, but fact of the matter is, I keep thinking, you know, this COVID thing that destroyed a lot of business uh, and it put us all in a world of hurt. What would have happened if we would have had the ability to sacrifice and we could have shut the country down for 30 days and nobody goes anywhere? Uh, what would have happened? Maybe we'd be over this by now. But I think the fact that nobody was, you know, people aren't willing to sacrifice like they did at, you know, during the world wars and uh, like they did during the depression, you know, yeah, we're, we're more self-centered. Yeah, as exactly. Society, so you know? I think that our inability to, 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 uh, to sacrifice our inability to stay focused, our inability to, you know, survive some discomfort short term in order to make our long term uh, better. I just think I don't know if, uh, if the generations that are running things now have the ability to do that. I, I hate to be on a rant, but do you think that also has to do with the fact that they're a generation that has grown up with having everything at their fingertips? Right. Of course. But, you know, I mean, I, I could, um, you know, I'm, I'm a bit privileged myself, right? I'm, I'm very old. I mean, I, I'm like, actually, I guess I'm the end of the baby boomers. So, you know, but there's a certain amount of privilege associated with how I've lived the last 30 years too. I just think that had we just shut everything down for 30 days and then like kind of looked out the window to see if it was safe to come back outside, we might been in, we might have been in a completely different position, a better position. By the same token, I, I'm, I'm not I was thinking about it this week. I'm like, you know, when, as as the as the podcast as 9420 develops. But I was thinking this week, I'm thinking, you know, we we don't need to go down the road of ranting and being uh, negative about things. The music business in particular, because quite frankly, the music business is booming. It's just that there's a discovery problem. People that are making music and that, that is compelling, people that are making music that will absolutely change your life, you just can't find them. You can't hear them. You can't, you don't you don't see them. And that's the issue. It's not the fact that there's not great music in the world. It's the fact that there's so much music being made that it's really difficult to distribute or disseminate or to discover this great music that's out there. So we got to get that figured out. But for the most part, it's all positive. It's all great. It's all wonderful. There's tons of great stuff out there. And we oh, should yeah, not. I agree. And we should not be um, downtrodden by the industry, the industry at large, because it's just in it's 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 in flux, it's in change, it's in um, it's in transition. It's morphing. It's shifting. Yeah. Now that Greg's kind of done his uh, pontification, did you did your rant and pontification. Yeah. Yeah. I think that molds nicely into the question of the week a little bit. The question of the week actually came from, I think, a combination of you, Greg, and Carl's thoughts, but it was, what does a successful career in music look like to you? 
This is my two cents before we play some of the answers. To me, the pinnacle of success was the Beatles. Make a lot of money, be legendary, and be clinically acclaimed, and, and, and do great music. And then maybe you can go U2 now or Taylor Swift. So that's a successful career. You know, you could have those careers back in the 90s, the 80s, you know, the 70s. You could have these big successful careers. I think those days are done, but I still think a lot of artists today still think that that's the end goal. I think any artist that goes, you know, I'm just in it for the art, man. I just want to express myself. And as long as I can put my songs out there and, and, and do my music, that's all I need. Because I'm a true. I go, baloney. You're so full of baloney. You, 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 this, as soon as you go into the studio and sing a song and want someone else to hear it, you're there to be successful. You want people to hear you and you want people to like you. And that's why you're doing this for acceptance, not just because you want to do your art. I see. Of 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 all the things that we've talked about, of all the things we've discussed, uh, you know, all the things we've disagreed about and on through the years, this is the thing that I I am most I'm a hundred and eighty degrees well, diam diametrically opposed to your well, position. You you, you, you didn't you didn't do it. Uh, you know, I did it. I just and, and, I have and worked you, with I, too many people that were just well, into they, doing they it. They're lying to you. Well, They're lying to you. Oh, They're all lying. If you're doing this, if you get on a stage to play a song, not everyone's Woody Guthrie, man. Everyone who picks up a guitar and gets on a stage wants acclaim. Bottom line. That's it. That's it. I, I, I disagree. This is not even something I, I'm not even open for discussion. Yeah. This is, I, it, I am does, it does get you going, which I like. No, because I'm right. I'm right. Yeah. You know, because no one's doing this because they just want to express themselves. Then write in a journal and sit home by yourself. To subject yourself to the world to be criticized and put it out there. There's a reason you're doing this. And these people that say they want to share their music. Okay, well, so let's so let, so, so, share so, their music. So, Carl, let me ask you this. So let me try to put you in a corner. I know I sound ridiculous. Let me let me put you in a corner in a corner on this quickly. Do you think that that uh psychology exists in jazz musicians yes the different mindset though different place but and we've discussed that before but could it be the difference between someone who just wants to play music as a hobby versus someone who wants to be an artist and make a living off of it because i think that there's two disparities there there's someone who just wants to create music but doesn't necessarily care who hears it they just want it out there and then there's someone who truly wants to actually have a living off of it I, I think that there is a level of artistry most times depicted in serious musicians uh like jazz uh musicians orchestral um accomplished musicians i think there is a level of artistry where you're just doing it for the music and this idea that you can make a living at it is just something that you have to put up with. You're compelled to make music, and that's what you do. I, that, that's what I think. When, when, you're, when you're playing the guitar, putting your 10,000 hours in, playing the guitar, playing the piano, I know classical musicians. I know people who went to Oberlin. I know people who went to, like, you know, Berkeley. They all want to – there's a goal at the end of it. It's not just because they want to share their music. Well, and I think – but I think that's what makes a difference between someone who is just playing and someone who – wants an actual career within the industry. 
If you get on a bus and you go to Nashville and you play around, you're in it for a reason. You want success. It's not because you're trying to share your art. Who cares? Who cares about your art? Well, why don't we listen to some of the answers from the question of the week and no, see if I'm they agree get, with you? Because I'm probably going to get upset Carl's by some of them. Now. Now. He's mad now. I'm mad. We have one by Candace in Wonderland. Yes, Candace in artist? Wonderland. Let's see what Candace had to say. She's probably never going to speak to us again. <laughs> A successful career in music, uh, what that looks like to me is continually putting out art or music that is true to you, that is authentic, that is pushing your comfort level. Um, I think that allowing yourself to change and grow as an artist really shows a lot to me. And those are the artists that I respect the most, um, are the ones that aren't afraid to to adapt and to change and to let their audience adapt and change. See, that's cool. That's that's intensely personal. That's a very personal vision. Is it, these are all answers by someone probably under 25 years old. Am I right or wrong? Um, I no, know. I think, I mean, if she she's around there. Okay. Let's hear, let's hear what she says. Candace, let's hear what, you know, watch how your career goes. Let's see what you say when you're 42. You know, let's, <laughs> let, let's see what your answer is going to be then. No, I'm serious because I think we all have this, you know, I'm not trying to like shine a negative light, but let's be honest about what this is. One thing, again, I'll throw up, I'll bring up my dated Beatle references, but when they asked John Lennon why he did this, and I love this answer because he said, I didn't want to work a real job and I wanted to meet girls and I want to make money. That's why he did this. He didn't say, I'm John Lennon. I want to be an artist. I want to, they don't know. He wants to be famous. But I think that in retrospect, that that sounds like, that's kind of a witty self-deprecating it was real man. i don't think it's real at all i think i think i think linen i think linen um i'm not negating you cannot be artistic and have something to say and while you're in the machine while you're doing this you cannot still be amazingly artistic and profound and i'm not negating any of that right i'm just saying though the motivation is not this like oh well, yeah, yeah. But I, I so and I think in the terms of Candace's answer, she was really just trying to say that like success for her is having a long career where her sound is still what she wants her sound to be. Her fans are supportive of the directions that she takes with it, which then in turn, because there are fans there, if you caught that end of the answer, means that she is able to bring an income and have some sort of um, validation that what she is doing is um, are, are allowing people to enjoy it. You know what? I know the answer. This is the answer. The answer to what a successful career looks like. If you're a songwriter, you want at least two or three top ten or number one cuts. That that, that that's the answer. If you're an artist, you know you want a a couple of top ten songs albums you know you want you want to that's the answer you want to be able to sell out the rhyme in three nights you know that that's then you're in a, in a realm of a successful career just to be able to put out songs anybody and their brother can put out songs every day for for years and and still be working at a subway you know what i mean so the notoriety is the success the the right, attention is. is the success if I'm at a party, let's say, and I meet someone, they go, hi, what do you do? I'm a lawyer. Okay. And if I go, what do you do? I'm a songwriter. The next question is, is there anything I've, I would have heard? Right, right. And if you say, 
Yeah, I wrote Bridge Over Trouble Water. Oh, wow, great. But then you go, nah, well, not really. I'm just, you know, that's that that's what I'm talking about. That, that is kind of an expectation, and it's funny because it's it's actually a couple levels removed. Because when I would tell people that I was in the music industry, they they immediately ask, "What do you do in the music business? And have you worked with anybody that I would recognize?" You know, I right? Mean, they do that. You know, they they do that. That's true. See, I, I I'm just a I'm enough of a hippie that um, I have never felt like the songs that I was played that never made it into the marketplace. I've never felt like they were any less songs or any less of a, an expression. You are the the exception. Yeah, I know. Right? I know, you know because you're going to get people in the industry that basically if I can't make money with what you brought me, it's it's crap. You know, I, I you're wasting my time. You know what it comes down to and you you love you love the story. It comes down to my grandmother. <laughs> you know, when I first when I first got signed to RCA back in the in the early eighties, I said to my grandmother, I said, Yeah, we made it we made a record. And she goes to me, Okay, but Carl, who's gonna buy that record? Nobody knows you. <laughs> nobody knows and who I, you are. Nobody knows who you are. <laughs> and she's right. Nobody knew who I was. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm all wrong. Maybe I'm showing my own well, here's know, shortcomings. The thing. Like everyone is in is allowed to have their own viewpoint uh, around this type of <laughs> subject. So you're just saying yours and we're getting... No, no, but I'm saying the right answer. Well, <laughs> uh, Let's hear what someone else You were right this in is... your own mind. Yeah. No, no. Let's see what Dylan Westmoreland had to say. Yeah, well, I think we featured Dylan a couple of... We featured Dylan back. in episode 14, actually. There you go. Let's see what Dylan had to say. Question is, what does a musical... What was the question? <laughs> You didn't even know the question, do you? But I'm arguing about it. You know, what, what does a that? successful career in music look like to you? Dylan is a guy that uh, actually went to incredible lengths to get his record made, right? Yes, yeah. he, he was in the military. So this will be mm-hmm. interesting. Oh, cool. This will be interesting to hear what he has to say. I believe a successful music career is uh, how we perceive it to be uh, for ourselves. So if we put a label on uh, what a music career should be then as a musician, we might lose touch with why we really started playing and singing in the first place or writing music. I know for me, uh, just being able to put out music is uh, being successful for me. Uh, Of course, I have goals and aspirations, but uh, you have to start with a small goal to meet uh, the bigger one. So I'm excited for new music to come, and uh, I just want to thank you all for let me be a part of the question of the week. See, now that's that's the wrong answer. No, it's not. It's acceptable. It's actually the right answer. It's it's actually, I'm, only, I'm only kidding, Dylan. It, it, couldn't, it couldn't be any more right. I know. Actually. Yeah, right. That's so fun. It is so fun. I love how what Carl was saying. I love how he identifies that the success is actually the experience that he has making the music. That's the success and the ability to, you know, put it in a fixed form, the ability to release it and distribute it. And whether or not the audience finds it or whether or not it becomes successful on some other standard, monetary or otherwise, it doesn't matter to him. The success is he was able to make it, document it, distribute it 
and then he goes to the next one. I think that's really positive. Well, and I think what I love about his answer, because I am a very goal-oriented person, is that he understands it's not like he's going to put a song out and then get a record deal the next day. He has smaller goals that he knows he wants to hit and needs to hit in order to get to like the end big goal that he has for his career, which may be 10, 20, 30 years down the line. Uh, no goals. <laughs> no goals. <laughs> this Carl's rules is this is really part of the This episode. is gonna save the this is saving the podcast. <laughs> because I was getting ready to jump in to say, you know, Nicole, you are a goal-oriented person, and this is gonna be a problem down the road because of Carl. Yeah. And then I hear dun, 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 dun. I love it. <laughs> See? Ah, oh, that's good. I used to have a friend who said, you say to me, he goes, hey, Carl, man, I know you're in a good mood. Just don't take it out on me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I think I'm doing right now. I think I'm just taking out my mood. He's taking it out on the- But why are we doing this podcast? The reason we're doing the podcast is we're giving folks an opportunity to hear some music they might not have otherwise discovered. That's the reason we do the podcast. Well, and I think also, too, to get to know maybe some artists that have some fun answers during our question of the week, too. Sure. And also, just to everyone listening out there, I hope you don't don't think that my making fun in any way is, is making fun of the artists or the music that are on this show, because I, I, in no way do I... Do I want that to be? No, you're case, just you, know? uh, you just uh, speak uh, to the to the irony of fun. being a creative person in the uh, 21st century. But some of that I do believe. I think you know there are, there has to be goals and has to be things you have to attain for, for to sustain. You know, and, and you know it, w- what's interesting about it is that you know you you make light of the fact and we have fun with the idea that, you know, it's like no goals, you know, no marketing, no networking, blah, 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 blah. I mean, you're a very strategic person with an amazing work ethic. So, you know, the stuff that you've done through the years, it's like your work ethic is tiring as far as I'm concerned. You know, I, you, you're constantly calling me, asking me if I've done something that I said I might be able to do. Your work ethic is pretty amazing. So, well, thanks for uh, that. Anyway. I will, I will, uh, I will say this: that if if one of your rules becomes, you know, put off to tomorrow what you could do today, uh, I'll I'll start calling bullshit on Carl's rules. <laughs> when in doubt, watch just watch TV. Yeah, when in doubt, just binge watch your next show. <laughs> That's the best thing about the internet, if you ask me. I don't go to watch TV anymore with commercials. You know what I uh, what I binge watched recently is um, Fran Leibowitz. Yeah, after the first episode with Scorsese, I binge I binge watched that, and I thought it was interesting. Yeah, a couple of nice things. She's a smart person. She's smart. She's funny. So what? So you want to end on um, a a new tune? End on a high note, as Greg would like to say. There you go. Play a new tune by. (laughs) Hit the high note. Tell what the high note's going to be. The high note is going to be David Herrera's latest single, Visiting Nashville. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, we probably have done a fair bit of ranting this I know. I I apologize to everybody. And, you know, the fact of the matter is that Nashville still represents a very inspiring, fun, intriguing destination for a lot of people. And this guy is... um, 
written a song to that effect. So we can we can end with that. Throw it out there. See if you like it. Talk us out, um, Nicole. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of the 9420 podcast. For all of the links to anything that we've talked about in this episode, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. Travel back east, bags are packed, I'm headed to Tennessee. Heard about the three-floor honky-tonk on the rooftop bar with the country stomp. Playing old school, new school country hits. Merle Hagger, Luke Bryant, that's the mix. My memories are foggy from smoking booze, but I'll always remember you. Hey, welcome to Nashville, where the music flows through the veins of the city streets. Where the country beat, everybody's gonna know the name. Hey. Welcome to Nashville, where the stars are made And the music's all around me, cause I never will Forget about visiting Nashville A cocktail or two Tapping my foot to the throwback tunes I'm a few drinks deep with a new kicker Lemonade mixed half moonshine liquor It's a girl's night destination Hook me up with the invitation On the dance floor, baby can shake it Clock strikes midnight, a few lives are breaking It's late, but I know we're gonna make it Hey, welcome to Nashville Where the music flows through the veins Of the city streets Where the country beat Everybody's gonna know your name Hey, welcome to Nashville Where the stars are made And the music's all around me Cause I never will Forget about visiting Nashville Forget about visiting